0: This is a Headgum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the Headgum Podcast Network. This is the show where Billy
1: and I tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was romance, and our guest was Jake Weissman. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And this is episode number 23.
0: 23 or 22, I want to say.
1: Oh, I thought being bald was 22. Oh, man, you might be right. I think that might have been 21, but what the H, heck, do I know? What the H do either of us know? Nothing. Except that our last two episodes revolved around being bald. Yep. And being haunted. And being haunted. Yeah. Yep. Right. You're haunted, I'm bald. Two guest list Two guest lists Guestless. episodes. That's right. And so we decided to fix that problem. Yeah, we have a superstar in the studio today. We brought in a very good friend of ours. <laughs> yep. Um, not only is he a talented comedian. Very. And not only is he sitting directly across from so me. So close, I can smell him. But Jake Weissman. Jake. And Adam Lustick are about two-star. On Jake's new show, Corporate, on Comedy Central. So this is a big treat for the three boys in the studio. Hello, Jake Weissman. Hi guys. Hi Jake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smiles all around. To We're kick having it fun.
0: Off. You're pretty good at taking compliments. In the time I've known you, I know that's like I feel like I'm kind of effusive with you because
2: I admire and respect you so much, and you do. You have a humility about you, but also you know that you're funny. You know what's funny, Adam? Two things about that. I had to learn how to do that because I, I I had to learn that if you. Deflect a compliment—it's actually really hurtful um, to the other person. I didn't right. understand that at first, but the other night I, I had a party that both of you were invited to. But Billy was busy, and you came <laughs> by, and we, we were talking with our friend Powell. Yes. And um, Powell, you guys went to school with. Yeah. And uh, Powell directed a video that uh, a, a movie that you were in <laughs> Years And w- ago. we were just talking to each other about like how great you are and talented, and I could see it painting you. Yeah. And I and and and, and I and, and you go you go stop, and we're like no no really you're great. You go stop, and I was like oh <laughs> this is like you means actually it. hurting him that we're talking about how great you are and i was like compared to you i'm a genius at taking compliments but i love how much it hurt you it <laughs> if i ever want to kill you i'm just going to talk about how good you are i know i
0: that's i think that's why i admire i admire that about you i wish i were a little more gracious in terms of just accepting just a compliment that,
2: and letting it be that it's just hard to take i don't even necessarily know why getting a compliment is the most it's like as painful as a kidney stone <laughs> like, <Totally>. we're
1: performers <laughs> yeah and our, we walk out into stage and hope for a big spotlight on us like yeah. look at us like <laughs> yeah. we are gonna be great for you and the yeah. second someone's like hey good job it's like shut yeah, up shut up." Fuck up. What? you don't know what's good you literally you're no a loser idea. yeah <laughs> exactly.
2: I, it's weird but i've tried to get better at it and just be like thanks it doesn't feel great but it it is sort of what i want though yeah so i have to just be like okay yeah uh, and to be honest you're also very generous with
0: your compliment giving i mean you're a very um you're generous and altruistic in that way. I feel like that you really shine lights on friends that you think are funny and talented in a nice way.
2: Thank you. I think, you know, my general belief is that most people are walking around thinking they should kill themselves. Absolutely. And I feel like if one person can just be like, honestly, Don't. you're really great. And the fact that most people just feel like they're not being recognized. So
1: it's like... You it, know, it, I agree with that so much, Jake. And I try in my everyday life to try and just let someone know that they did a good job when yeah, they did it. You're good at that. And I find that... People, the common response is surprise right. on their face. It's not just like, uh, "Oh, thank you." It's like, "What? What did you say?" Yeah. No yeah. one is expecting authentic thanks anymore. I, it's, <laughs> or not as much. Or I it's don't know. really weird. Yeah, I, I, and I don't necessarily know why.
2: Maybe because there's so much content, and everyone has a voice right. now, and it, everyone seems to be drowning in right. this sort of like. Maelstrom of anger right. and like jokes online. I-, I think that sarcasm as a self defense kind yeah, of. Yeah, right. but mm-hmm. it's really nice to recognize people and also like, I, I think like in general, like just reaching out when mm-hmm. you think about someone. We've all had friends who've died out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. that's what happens. It's mm-hmm. lucky we're still alive mm-hmm. at this point. Right. We might drop out of nowhere and I think that it's um just good to compliment people while you think of them because you'd
1: regret it and like they could use it and right. it's just why not? And it's like, even and it's even more fun sometimes to compliment someone when they least expect it. Exactly. Maybe when they haven't done anything of consequence and you just check in. Absolutely. You've definitely texted me on like random off hours yeah. and it's just like, "Hey buddy, thinking of you, think you're great." Yeah. And it's just like just a decent Why not? human man. Yeah. What a help. What a little help that was in my day. I think that goes um, a long way, man. Sometimes
2: I like will reread text messages and emails people sent to me when I'm feeling down. I'm like, "Oh, okay, no, I'm still okay because they said that 5 weeks loved. ago." Yeah. yeah, and I I don't know. I just think that if you have the if you're lucky enough to be given a pretty good life, um you're supposed to be a buoy for other people. That's right. the only way. It's like a populist attitude. Well done. with your spirit. You know yes. what I mean? Like that's. I've been given so much in my life, so it's like, well, if I could help someone and right. I genuinely mean it, like I should be wildly generous. Yes, that. that's Good insane man. to not to stock up all those compliments
0: and not give them out. What the fuck is yeah. that for? Speaking of populism and generosity, I want to make a quick tangent. Billy, did you meet Bernie
1: Sanders yesterday? Met Bernie Sanders you yesterday. Met, you meet met him? the human man, Bernie Sanders. Saw on Twitter that he's going to be down the block from my house in 20 minutes. Turns out I live less than 20 minutes. from... <laughs> From down the block from my house, <laughs> right. and I stood where they said to stand, and ten minutes later, Bernie Sanders is hugging my girlfriend. Whoa! She is thrilled, and it. But you know what was the fun part about it? Okay, so that's great. Yeah, we went in, and full disclosure: me and my girlfriend voted for Bernie Sanders yesterday up. in the California primaries. Yep, um, but he's walking up the block and I gotta say everyone's handling it really cool like the streets are now lined with people but everyone's like in a respectful crowd there's yep. no sort of even like his secret service is, are like having like light banter and like fun jo- it was very like a positive environment they're also old rabbis but when Bernie <laughs> right. Right. So they're so eating eating bagels for- and lox <laughs> <laughs> right. they're giving out yeah. yeah and um <laughs> But so Bernie starts walking up, and it was this almost like uh, like everyone was just so starstruck that yeah. it got really quiet. Wow. And no, and he was just like shaking hands. It was kind of awkward in the suddenly. quiet. Yeah, in like this very crowded street. And so I didn't know what to do. So I just screamed, "Thank you, Bernie!" <laughs> and he looks directly in my eyes, points his big Jewish finger in my face, and goes, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't fucking believe it. Five seconds later, he has his arm around Marina, my girlfriend. I'm just like, I think we're Bernie's family. <laughs> he comes back to your apartment for a, t- a coffee a right. sandwich. It was, Let me, this is a
2: really weird thing, but what would have happened if he started making out with your girlfriend? Just, like, what yeah, would sure you have it. done? Take pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: exactly. celebrate. Take pictures immediately. Do you know how many Instagram <laughs> likes that would have so, gotten? It's like that that photo when Bernie steals your bay. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait like that photo of the sailor kissing the woman in New York. <laughs> right. That's
1: Bernie and Marina. Right. You can meme Marina. That's the one time I'd be okay with. Me, yeah, exactly. Marina. How long did he sort of pal out and shake hands and kiss babies for? Oh, it? he was very presidential. He, yeah. you know, he got his moment and then yeah. he kept it moving. Yeah. He got his moment, kept it moving. But you know, his, the takeaway was Everyone's said man of the people and that's exactly what you want to hear is just he walked through the people and it was normal therefore mm. he can be a man of the people exactly um, we talked about kissing my girlfriend yeah.
2: <laughs> i, I don't it mean, mean that bernie? in a rude way i just think it'd be so funny if he's like oh my god bernie <laughs> and then they start <laughs> so
1: making go, she go, has the <laughs> i voted sticker and yeah. the vote for bernie <laughs> shirt he's like well it's the perfect cocktail for a kiss really i'm the man yeah, you're a jewish girl jo- from <laughs> brooklyn <laughs> i'm a jewish, jewish guy <laughs> from brooklyn yeah makes the most amount of sense but we talked kissing my girlfriend that's a really uh, force-fed segue right. into the topic of the episode today. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, which is romance, romance, yes, is. and romantic love. Three romantic men talking about Bernie Sanders kissing one of our girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernie makes me feel a little romantic, to be honest with you.
0: There's something <laughs> about Bernie that's, that that I, I think I swoon a little bit. He woos me. I um, can see that. Yeah, I would. Let you him would make fall out with for Bernie easily, so definitely. quickly. I could
2: see
1: it. It's <laughs> the first act of the podcast, and in this act, we like to talk about our history with the topic. Um, our history with romance. Mm-hmm. I remember my personal history with romance started around middle school when I started telling myself I had a girlfriend. And my favorite part of that telling was that... Well, no, I mean, like, me and she knew we were dating. We right. passed a note or two. But... We couldn't like look at each other in public. Right. It was the thing where it was like you were. I was suddenly allowed to talk to every other person yep. in middle school Ugh. except Megan. We'll call her Megan S. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the reason that you couldn't talk to her was
0: specifically because you were, were quote unquote dating. Right. That's Why you can't talk or even make eye contact? With right. Them.
2: Right.
1: It was such a funny, curious dynamic. Was I, that just Oceanside?
2: No. I remember my first girlfriend was when I was in sixth and seventh grade, and. The way that I asked her out was in a conference call. <laughs> oh, uh, stop it! Wait, had, no, wait, wait, wait! You were
0: conference calling at twelve.
2: Were you a dentist at ten? I was. Oh, uh, well, that yeah, I've had a lot. many lives. But basically, I, I told a friend that I like liked this woman. Um, yeah, woman. Yeah, she was forty-five.
0: Stop! Uh, no. <laughs> she you was, were a
3: dentist.
2: <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Okay, well, let's call her." So he called her, and I was on the phone, and um, uh, he's like, "Hey, so." Uh, what do you think about Jake? And she's like, oh, he's nice. Oh, my God. And he's like, well, he's on the phone right now, and he has a question (laughs) for me. That's entrap, Bush. That is entrapment. That is illegal. I was a dentist and a CIA (laughs) agent. Yeah. Doogie Howser who? And then I literally went, hi, do you want to be my girlfriend? And she's like, yes. And I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) Click. Done. And I remember the relationship went nine months, and we – kissed once yep. like like a and that was it. And right. then we, like, I, but hanging out with her, I was like, what is this? What is like, it? what am well, I doing? Why do I want a girlfriend? I right. don't even know what to do. I am terrified of the human body. When I,
1: every time the phone rings, it's like, please don't be her. Please don't be her. Please. My parents cannot hear yeah. her voice. Yeah. Please don't be her. Please don't please be her.
0: Don't be her. <laughs> that yeah. means you
1: love her, but that means you're, you're not yeah. ready for this. It yeah. was
2: such a weird thing. And you, yeah, you have girlfriends because you're like, I guess I'm supposed to pair up with the opposite sex. Right. Because that's what I'm told I'm supposed to do. Wait, right. Around what now? is that yeah. instinct? at like sixth and seventh grade where it's like, now nah, what's happening? Well, I think that... Um Puberty I mean, honestly, I think it's, 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 I, it's maybe puberty. I mean, puberty obviously has something to do with it. But I think it's essentially movies. I think right. that, like, honestly, I, I really do feel Media. movies are a crime. I think they're a conspiracy and crime, a, a romance conspiracy. And, oh, like, huh? I think they fuck up everyone. I really think it's bad. And I think that the movies, the first movies where there's romance are, like, kids around 13 and 14. I right. think that's, like, when you start having, like, movies about, like, love My and girl. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That movie. <laughs> so good. I cried. I cried so many
1: times. I mean, weeping. Boy, I hate I bees because of that. Yeah, movie. Exactly. <laughs> I used to love bees before yeah. that movie. Now I hate bees. Yeah. <laughs> bees PR did not do a good terrible that movie job. That,
0: exactly. Right. They, they rebatted
2: with B movie, which was a little bit less good, but still. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, w- one of the things when I was thinking about this podcast, we were talking about it. Romance went in the first act of your life, it it's so dominated by the narratives you're told are supposed to happen. Friendly. It's like really fascinating how pervasive that idea is. I and mean, of course, you grow up, most people grow up in a house with a mom and dad. That's, mm-hmm. I would say, most people. That's right. obviously changing a lot, but that's most people. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So you're like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do when I grow right. up. That'll happen, it's mm-hmm. everlasting love. Even though you're watching your parents want to choke each other, <laughs> you're just like, that, that, oh, that's no, what no, I
3: want.
1: No, that's,
2: <laughs> you're aiming like, for that. Yeah, you're like, oh, they seem Dad's wildly so happy and and in the garage. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's um, what I want. Right. How do I there's, start? Oh, that?
2: oh, we got a different bed in another room because they love each other. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, but but still, it doesn't compute necessarily. You're that's, just like, that's what you're supposed to do. Totally. And then, but they then share you have these movies, right? And these movies just, but these movies really hammered into your head because there's music playing in the third act. That's exactly. like, oh, now we love each other, and now this amazing song is playing. So yeah. that's what love is. And I don't think anyone can really escape it. I, I just think you're that's right. what it is. I think you don't – You there's so many things just like so many bullshit religions when you're a kid where you're just like – if you're religious when you're six and just it's hammered into you, you're like – it's like the same thing as Catholic guilt. It's basically the same thing. You know what I mean? It's like that's what it is. So right. now it's ingrained in you and you can never really get rid of Take it. Take it fully for granted. Yeah. Yeah. And but, it's just a part of your DNA a little yes. bit. I and, remember
0: taking a film class at NYU and having this question posed to me that like really blew my 19-year-old stoner mind at the time that was like, are gestures of love in life – be adopt those from movies or vice versa did movies take gestures of love from reality
1: or did reality take gestures of love from movies what would you say is a gesture of love in this example
0: down on one knee Proposing in front of the Sen, mm. These like Sort of grand Romantic gestures Say
1: anything
2: Like holding the boombox Over your fucking head Listen right. I
0: gotta tell you We've been friends For a long time But <laughs> like just cli- The notion of like Cliché Right And the way that we Express love on dates Or like romantic love and, Like a lot of that Has been affected I think by movies And pop culture And the it's, way that and We've while told true, That it happens
1: And while true Don't you guys still love The third act of like A romantic comedy Where I'm they get second. together I love
2: it a <laughs> I- Hill gets me Every time
1: yeah. Yeah. Not a Hill Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> The formula still works so I, I'm not mad at those movies. But, no way. But they do set up a... I used to have a joke, which I
2: think a bunch of people have, but just like, you know, they have these uh, warnings in porn, in front of porn. Mm-hmm. Like, don't watch that You know, like, be careful about what you're watching. It's like, I don't think that's nearly as harmful as romantic <laughs> i I sincerely think it's much more dangerous for romantic comedies because it's like – then it's like a 60-year commitment. It's like a legal contract you're signing because of this idea of love, and it's really painful and harmful and not helpful at all. Right. It porn is not is, accurate at all. Porn is reality. Notting Hill is the fantasy. Exactly. You're so right. It's porn like, is rom reality. reality. Is yeah. Yeah. Um, it actually happens. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not saying like a pizza guy – you're going to fuck him or then right. he's hot. But you might. You might. <laughs> and if you did, he would come on you and then
1: he'd leave. You know what I mean? So right, it's I'm still more realistic. <laughs> I'm just going to smash the brakes. Smash on the brakes. And then he'd leave is the saddest part. Smash. Smashing on the brakes. Emergency brakes. Sparks flying out the back tire. Car driving off the cliff. Landing on a small family who do not expect the last 30 seconds. And then he leaves. <laughs> I'm going to segue into our first song, which isn't much cleaner than the last two minutes of the podcast. <laughs> Look, Adam and I were young, and we made some bad decisions. One of them was writing a song called Hip Hop Body. Yeah, this is a sexy song, and I put sexy in massive quotes. Okay, we regret a lot of things, but we don't regret this song, and we don't regret the first act of the podcast. We'll be right back. Enjoy. When we set out to make this record... We promised ourselves we wouldn't make any songs that would embarrass our parents. Whoops. You got a big butt, baby, and a hip-hop body. Hands are full of rings like Pippin, Scotty. You be in the bathroom going potty. I'm thinking about your body while you're going to the potty. Imagination, thinking about the shape of you You look expensive, you're like a naked juice You want a green machine, so you ain't buying me I'm worth a dollar, baby, Arizona iced tea And with the way I'm saying how I'm saying what I'm saying I'm saying that you are the Hoochie of my dreams I'm just saying that I'm saying things to make you notice me Hoochies never noticed me, at least that's how it seems You got to
3: hip-hop body mind, the way you shake it on You're making Billy want to whack off in his bedroom in his bedroom You got a hip-hop body mind The way you shake it on You make him really wanna whack up in his bedroom Ooh yeah I wanna whack up in my bedroom You're so hip-hop
0: that I can hardly think slide up to the bar can I buy you a drink you say you're crazy so I'ma let you order I'm like I'm crazy I ordered two waters watching you dance feel like I'm in heaven you're totally a seven on a scale of one to seven and you laugh I laugh Damn, girl, things are moving so fast Two hours later, got you walking through my door You let your mink coat just fall to the floor I pick it up and I hang it on the rack Look at your back, damn, I want to whack I'm in the mood to do anything to please you Bring out fondue that I made with cheddar cheese Watching you eat, baby, got my blood pumping I excuse myself so I can go take care of something You got a
3: hip-hop body mind The way you shake it on You make it out of wanna whack up in this. Bedroom Wack up in his bedroom You got a hip hop body mind The way you shake it up You make it happen on to wack up in this bedroom Ooh yeah I wanna wack up in my bedroom like Thinking in my mind and I can't forget it I love your hip hop body and you know that I'm with it And if there's only one way to say I'm gonna get through the day I'ma take my time I'ma get mine Hip-hop body got me out of my mind In the bedroom, living room whack. On my way to work, you know why whack, whack, whack. Cubicle, whack. lunch break whack. On my way back home, you know why whack, whack. Applebee's whack. brush my teeth whack. Right before I go to sleep, I whack, whack, whack. All because of you and that hip-hop party Bedroom. Whack up in his bedroom You got a hip-hop body, ma The way you shake it, I You make it out on the Whack up in his bedroom
1: Okay, that was Hip Hop Body. Once again, we are kind of sorry, but... Sorry, not sorry. And that's our friend Clayton Early on the hook of
0: that song. Right. Who is a super talented vocalist and human man. Who also sacrificed his... uh...
1: Dignity. (laughs) Right. His good reputation. Right. To sing that song. (laughs) That's right. Thanks, Clay. Um, We mentioned it very early in the beginning of the show, but I am so, so proud. So many of our friends and uh, people that we work with get to make a pilot. I uh, yeah. get to make a television show. A network gives them a little bit of money and says, let's see what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that show then gets watched by a bunch of people in a bunch of test markets around the country. And happens, ultimately, yeah. it's really more common that no one ever sees that pilot. Right. Nine, t- nine and a half times out of ten. It seems like that's the result. Well, Jake fought the good fight Ooh, and baby. he got through that war with his friends, Pat Bishop and Matt Ingebretson. Mm-hmm. And man, when you see across your Twitter feed or Facebook that... Your friend is now going to create a television show and the world is really going to get to understand why that guy is so special. Well, that happened for me a couple days ago. But when it says that it's also co-starring your best friend and creative partner of 12 years, now it's a Billy Goodluck sandwich. Now it's personal. The show is called Corporate. It's coming out at some point on Comedy Central. But let me just tell you once again, Jake. I'm so proud of you.
2: So proud Thank of Jay. you. Thank um, you. You're a very supportive, good friend, and I really appreciate it. Honestly, like, one of the best parts um, is that you're, when your friends are genuinely happy for you. Because I, I think that the narrative that gets spun often is that friends are jealous and everything. And maybe right. some people are, but in general, I've been, like, very pleased with how people are, like – I'm so happy for you. I'm really – I'm really looking forward to see it and, you know, like I think you deserve it and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, that <laughs> means that I'm an okay dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Which is yeah. what I care about more than success. I, I just want people to – I just want to not be a bastard, you know? So right. when people like it, it's cool. And also I I think it will be a really great show. Mm-hmm. I, I think – like I'm really excited. I think it will be like cool and unique and funny and fucked up and like mm-hmm. I think I think it's great. I'm like so – I sincerely cannot believe that I'm getting the chance to do this. Yeah. It is beyond crazy. Adam Lustick your friend, is in this. Yes. Uh, and he's so good in it. And we have called such talent for this. It's right. like – I think it's like a super group of people that – are gonna make like a really cool awesome show that isn't shitty to people and like will be new and interesting and it's like i can't believe i've stepped into this reality it right. feels like i'm a different human now i'm like i can't believe i get to experience this kind of joy it's so relaxing yeah right a lot of anxiety but it's like whoa oh my god great i didn't know so i moved out here 10 years ago and i was like i don't i don't, I don't know. know what i'm doing right. like i don't like i didn't think i was gonna do comedy so like to then be able right. to like where do, did
1: you move from and at what age?
2: Well, I, I grew up in New York, and then I went to school in Nashville, Tennessee, and right. then I just moved here after college. To pursue N- comedy. Uh, no. Not at first. To pursue, I don't know what. <laughs> uh, to I, pursue. Yeah, to I had a, cousins who worked in the film industry, and they're like, they can get you a PA job. I was like, I kind of wanted to move to San Francisco, because huh. I, I wanted to make documentaries, but I didn't really know how to do that. <laughs> so um, I just moved here because I could get a job, and then I did, and then I wanted to die. So then it, <laughs> then I, a few years later, I had friends who were doing comedy, and I just started to do open mics because I was very depressed and then Mm -hmm. it started to go well and I was like, oh, if I just work at this, maybe something will happen. Never in my wildest dreams that I think this would happen. I thought maybe I'd get a writing job.
1: Right. It's that 10 years uh, to be an overnight success story.
2: Exactly. That's That's so great. Um, But yeah, it's really cool. And like, I'm just so excited to honestly have a
1: job for a year. It's like, oh, great. I'll have a job for a year minimum. People don't really recognize how uh, little security, like, it it seems like, hey, we do a podcast every week. Like, we're busy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's very little job security. And when you get a fleeting sense of it, that really can just like drop the levels of anxiety in places you didn't even know you had. I was
2: okay. I was telling people recently that when this happened, when I found out, I was like, the the main thing that I'm really excited about is, well, no, I'm excited about making the show because right. it's fucking awesome. But also, I can be even nicer to people now because I'm calm. <laughs> I'm not like that worried about myself anymore. So I'm like, I've kind of figured out That's something real. for the short term. And That's like, real. I have some job security. And like, I'll probably get other jobs off of this for a few years. So. Right. I don't have to worry too much Right Besides making the show good But now it's like I can just help people now right, Which is I'm so am. relaxing It's yeah. like Oh great I can just be nice Also the other thing Billy Is like Now Because of the bullshit way We look at people The fact that I have this thing If I go Hey you're doing great It will mean more to people Yeah right. Which is really good It's like, all presumed, presumed. Yeah. yeah But yeah. let me say this Because it'll make Adam uncomfortable oh, He's gosh. so talented oh, And oh, he's oh, so oh. funny in it And it's very exciting To work with like Your friend Who's like a
1: super talent And like write shit For him to say And he's you're He's speaking so, to the guy who's done it for yeah for 10 exactly years. And it's, it's the most it's fun it makes be. you feel better about yourself yeah. as a writer when you see talented actors yeah. suddenly like turn it into something it's great. the best and I, I just feel so overwhelmingly lucky um, to do this you said you called a lot of talent when I spoke to Adam and congratulated him on the news, one of the first things he said was not only is it so exciting to be on a television show, but to get to perform and collaborate with these guys specifically right. is so so rewarding. Yeah. So Oh, that's really cool. Yes. Yeah, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be really Oh man. It's just gonna be cool.
2: Yeah. I mean it's just like we're you know, we're shooting and it's it's, it's it all happened. yeah. It just happened. It's yeah. it's a it's a um it's a miracle. Yeah. It seems
0: kind of miraculous. Yeah.
2: Um, It also is sort of a bridge
0: because when you were saying that, like, now that you're relaxed, you could be (laughs) nicer to people and just, like, how your own sort of, like, sense of what stressors have maybe been decreased a little bit by this new gig and you can sort of be more pleasant in general. It reminds me of this, like, sort of Woody Allen philosophy that relates to our topic of romantic love, which is, like, once humans' basic needs are met, like food, water, shelter, then, like, the existential crises, then it's, like, what – what worries or troubles you? It's like, how do I find love? Can I find love? Right. It's like, once your basic human needs are met, all of a sudden, like, we're not cavemen scrapping for, like, meat and, like, t- you know, tearing each other apart for grains. Right. It's like, what d- concerns us? There's something. I wonder love. if
1: there's, like, some sort of chartable thing that some sort of pseudoscientist made of, like, humans' basic needs.
0: Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Go, Go on. on. He sounds like a real scientist. Psychologist.
1: psychologist that did that exact thing. Your yeah. last name is Maslow. I'm going to think that you're probably a real scientist.
0: You have something to say. Okay. Yeah. Especially Ma- if your first name is Laszlo, which I don't think it was, but God, we can only wish. Tell me about Laszlo, Maslow. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? Um, I'm going to be regurgitating very shittily a TED Talk that I recently listened to, but he was That's a, basically how that's everything is That's what podcasts explained. are, right? Regurgitations <laughs> of other podcasts? Right. Um, so it was like the hierarchy of human need and uh, security is one that's at the sort of base uh, and sleep. was uh, the, the whole function of it was like how important sleep is and how like in our culture right. we feel like not sleeping is like worn as a badge of honor. Like I pulled an all-nighter. I work so hard. I never sleep, which is completely counterintuitive and like anti-biological. It's like it is the quality of sleep that makes us productive right. but we have this opposite perception of it where it's like if we don't sleep that means i'm productive but right. it's actually the opposite capitalism is such a disease exactly
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: but that that was the result it's like right. that was like an industrial revolution born value right. that like now we've va- in the west and in america we value never sleeping yeah. never
1: resting yeah yeah maslow was onto something. maslow bit. was onto a thing or two yeah um second act the topic is romance mm-hmm. uh Adam and I have been in relationships for seven years now. Adam actually started dating his girlfriend one day, and she's very good friends with my girlfriend, one day before I started dating her friend. And so we're in a race right now, seven-year <laughs> relationships. We're, it's um, tied. You, um, you mentioned that romance is kind of an interesting subject for you because it's just all over the place and it's just so hard to pin down.
2: Yeah, I, I feel, you know, you guys have been in relationships for a long time and I... Uh... And you guys seem pretty happy. Uh, Obviously, there's much more to a relationship than what you see. But I think where I'm at is I don't even know what I want out of romance. Mm. Because I don't even know what the word love means if it's not familial. I don't Mm. know. It's not a tangible thing. We pretend it's a tangible thing. And it's not. And romance is different for everyone. Yet it's talked about in these, like, really specific ways. (laughs) And I don't really – I don't know. Because I don't think I want kids. Or at least I don't now. Mm -hmm. And so – I don't know why I would be in a relationship that is monogamous necessarily. Yeah. Um, I think when I was young, I have a lot of thoughts about this. This may not all seem linear, yeah, but I spill, have, baby, spill. I got
1: questions. Yeah,
2: uh, well, ask anytime you want, okay, but um, it means your podcast, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but what I mean is, I don't. I wonder, like, some. I'm. I've been single for a while now, and at night when I'm alone, and like my roommate Matt, his girlfriend comes over to our house a lot and stays there a lot. You know, they're together. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's probably awesome to have someone to just watch this movie uh, with him or just to make sure he knows he's alive and appreciated. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Sounds nice, right? Yeah. It is really nice. I I just am so skeptical. I think I'm naturally paranoid. My dad got divorced three times. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my parents went through divorce and it it was pretty brutal. And I just, a lot of, you know, the marriages in my family seem. I I don't know. It just doesn't seem – I don't trust it and I'm so scared of, of
1: being hurt again. You know what's interesting to me is that I think you and I share the same quality, which is that we like to tell people when they're loved. And we like to tell a lot of people around us that they're loved and they're doing a good job and I support them and I want them to know that they're meaningful in this world. And it's interesting <clears throat> that you wouldn't want to, and I for a long time didn't, I mean, most, mostly through my 20s, of funneling all of that, like, love that I feel like I need to share to, like, down to one person. And I find that without doing it um, over and over, not even over and over, just finding somebody that you're like, you know what, this is worth funneling all that love. And what I found was once I figured out my relationship with my girlfriend and how I can support her and give her everything, then it was just easy to go right back to that universal love that I thought mm. I was going to have to get rid of.
2: Yeah, and I, and I, I assume I'll be in a long-term relationship one day. Maybe not, mm. but I think the thing for me is based on past relationships – I don't know that I trust anyone to love me how I want to be loved. How's that? Side note okay. to add to that. Yeah. I don't know that I allow someone to love me how I want to be loved. Mm-hmm. In the same way that Adam like has trouble with compliments mm-hmm. or whatever, I think that – like no, seriously, it's very similar. It's like I don't know – I think I'm a pretty providing per- – like I provide a lot and I'm right. very thoughtful. But I think sometimes – what that comes, what that does to the person is they go, oh, I guess he just wants to take care of me and I don't, you know, need to do anything. Where meanwhile, I'm like, when they fucking take care of me. You know what I mean? Like You big y- baby. Y- yeah. Well, no, but yeah, exactly. And I don't know what that is, um, but I don't know, I don't feel necessarily equipped for the kind of love that I want that is probably based on movies that I don't watch anymore. <laughs> right. So I don't know that, I just don't know if I'm ready for the reality of what Romance and love is. I don't know that I'm like willing to accept it as more of like a partnership right. um, uh-huh. and a support system. You're, I think
1: you've been in a, a relationship for seven years. It's yeah, totally. I mean, it's completely different than Jake's. Would you say that uh, romance or just uh, your relationship has manifested in different ways? Or yeah, I guess. I mean, like your role uh, within it.
0: Yeah, to me, it's. I mean, like to me, it's companionship. It's just. I mean, more than. I'm not like a romantic – Maggie and I aren't necessarily like romantic and we don't make sort of like romantic gestures and I think that we both are also aware and cynical of the romantic constructs that have been invented by movies and culture and I think that we have sort of almost bordering on an an annoying awareness of that. Uh, But it's just the deep, deep – uh, Sweet, sweet comfort, I feel yeah. And the companionship, that's right. all And, like, I do get that Like you were saying, Billy Like, I also derive that same companionship From you, Jake, and you, Billy And, like, my dear, close, loving friends Right Um. And, yeah, uh, and what is it about, like, being in one sort of – it's interesting to hear you talk about monogamy because Maggie and I have talked about this frequently, which is, like, monogamy is also one of these, like, things that the movies and that the culture has sort of dictated is of the highest value and Judeo-Christian values and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's, pr- it's nonsensish for sure. Yeah. But, like, and Maggie and I have talked about this and it's, like, we both are sort of, like, like to consider ourselves sort of, like, woke people and we acknowledge that um, monogamy is, like, biologically unnatural and, like, probably uh, – Emotionally detrimental in many ways, or just um, has as many cons as pros. But also, like it seems the fam- something about the family unit yeah. and maintaining a monogamous family unit seems like it does have cult- larger cultural benefit. It's like not just for the like for the kids. It's like for your kids, you know what I mean? Because like to give them a model of monogamy. And maybe that's important, but maybe it's not. But hearing you say, Jake, it's like my parents are divorced. I never had that sort of concrete model of a lasting monogamous relationship. I wonder what the pros and cons of
2: that are. Absolutely, <laughs> and I think for me, I just feel I got I, the longest relationship I was in was a three-year relationship. Mm. You know, the love of my life so far, and it, it really hurt me when it ended. It was mm. very disappointing. It's yeah. with a pretty uh, uh, amazing, talented person. It just there are many things that really upset me uh the way it ended and just feeling like i didn't get what i wanted out of it and 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 just like oh that was horrific Mm -hmm. and all i do is retreat further into my shell and so i i don't and i so i kind of have told myself i don't need that because i my life is going fine you know what i mean and i don't I, i don't I get lonely, but I can rent, like, companionship through sex. You know what I mean? Like, I can – I'm not buying it, but but you can. Like, and then I just go to sleep and I have my cats. Like, there's ways to, like, go yeah. around it. And I just feel very nervous about – as much as I truly believe living in the moment because I could get hit by a bus, you know, mm-hmm. in 10 minutes. Right. Like, I just still – I have such a conflict of – I think that – Sorry. I think what I'm reacting to is like all of the bullshit about love and stuff that fucks so many lives up, and they get married at 22 and all right. that shit. I'm going the other way, and I'm <laughs> saying that doesn't
1: exist I'm at all. Yeah, people sometimes say like, "I wish I went to college when I was like 35, when I had like a right. strong understanding of who I was, and I, then I could study correctly." Exactly. Exactly. Why rush?
2: And 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 I don't feel in a rush, and because I don't think I want kids, I don't really feel that I have to. But it's just I I was hanging out with. Um, you know, I date a little bit, or mm-hmm. I don't know what you'd call it, but you know, I was hanging out with a woman recently who's really great. And I and and I, but I was saying, like, I, I what about this? And what about th-? you know, she, I think she wanted more. And I was like, I sort of did, but I just started to be like, what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And she's Whoa. like, you're not even giving me a chance. Right. You don't believe that my feelings are pure at all. You got you're to just listen more. Y- well, I, right? I don't even think it's listening. I think it's more, I don't trust anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I'm so scared that I don't trust anyone. I'm so scared of the narratives that have been woven into culture that I don't believe that my feelings are genuine and I don't trust anyone that their feelings are genuine because I've also been cheated
1: on a bunch. You know who you do trust is your cats. I do trust them. Implicitly. Which is why we're going to play a song from the Broadway musical Cats. Yes. Called Mr. Mistopheles. a great idea, Bill. We'll be right back. You want to ask Mr. Mistopheles, the original conjuring cat. The greatest magicians have something to learn... Of Mr.
0: Mistopolis' Conjuring turn,
3: And we all say Oh, well, I never was there ever A cat so clever as magic Of Mr. Mistopolis He is quiet, he is small, he is black From the ears to the
1: tip of his tail He can creep through the tiniest crack He can walk on the narrowest rail He can pick any card from the pack he is equally cunning with dice He's always deceiving you Into believing that he's only
3: Hunting for mice He can play any trick with a cork Or a spoon and a bit of fish paste And if you look for a knife Or a fork And you think it is merely misplaced
1: You have seen it one moment Then it is gone You find it
2: next
3: to me Flying out on the lawn
1: And we all say
3: Oh I has been heard on the roof when I was curled up by the fire and I've sometimes been heard by the fire when I was about on the roof at least they all heard that somebody purred which is incontestable proof of my singular magical powers and I've known the family to call me in from the garden for hours when I was asleep in the hall and not long ago this phenomenal cat produced Seven kittens right out of a hand. And we all say, oh, well, I never was there ever a cat so clever as Magical Mr. Mist, mist on
1: Seven to ride out of
3: the hat And we all say Oh well, I never was there ever A cat so clever as magical Mr. Mister." Mr. Mistoffelees!
0: That was the song Mr. Mistopheles from the musical Cats by the human Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's right. Jake,
2: are you a musical fan? Do you like Broadway musicals? I, I, I do like musicals. I find that I don't like them before I see them. So like when I hear the soundtrack, I'm like, that's annoying. But when I go see it, I kind of love it afterwards. But you're I have right. to see it first. Like, Hamilton, the way people are talking about it, makes me so angry. I oh, my but God. When I it, okay. But when I see it, I'll like You'll it. You'll be blown away. But right now, it. I'm like, that's an annoying thing, and it's not good rap. Oh, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired with that when opinion. When I see it, you're fired. I, I was the same way with Rent as a kid, and then I saw it, and I'm like, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, Listen, you're fired. I know who I am. I know who I am. I'll like it when I see it. I just want to be um, annoying right now. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Got but it. I love musicals, and I think they're the, kind of the most underrepresented. Talented people in the world. I think they're the most talented people in the world, and they kind of don't get the credit. But like, like Olympic athletes. Yeah, they're they're geniuses. Yeah. you
0: are so right. Yes, yeah, so I think one of the reasons Jake, you and I tend to get along is because just the way that you are talking about how you relate to cultural expectations of love, cultural expectations of Broadway musicals. Yeah. I like that
2: you're a natural contrarian. Yeah, I, I you, think uh, it's you know what's funny. I was if thinking about popular,
0: you won't like it.
2: Well, I just I think it's funny because I think when I because I'm obviously a liberal person, mm-hmm. and when I look at the GOP stances on stuff, they're actually just jokes. Like. And that's <laughs> that's what I think is so funny about it. You can actually learn a lot about joke writing based on conservative platforms. Other people's deep truths. And it's just – they're just be, they're just saying things – like, they say things that I'm like, you can't say that. <laughs> but then you can because they did and you're like, oh, that's really funny. Like, that's why, like, people like Kanye and stuff, people who just
1: naturally – they're just trolls. Yeah. And I think and,
2: trolling is so funny. And
1: but that's celebrity. Celebrity is always just about pushing the line yes, forward. Is. And once the line has been pushed forward, then everyone can do that. It's like – if you just look back at what was, like, risque 10 years ago, like R&B – yeah. is a great example yes. <laughs> of something that, like, 10 years ago was, like, really edgy. Yeah. And then you listen back, and it was, like, wedding proposals yeah. on their yeah. songs. It was, like, girl, you a queen. I'm yeah. going to make like you a breakfast. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, like, now it's, like, sl- whoa, whoa, that is rude, yeah, boys. Yeah. Like, no one's eating anything like groceries. They like, have slowed <laughs> yeah. down. I was thinking
2: this morning, actually, on my ride down that – um. Uh, the 90s R&B is probably the best genre and time of music ever. I think it's I think it's hard to beat. Oh, it was great, man. It's
1: the best. <laughs> Tyrese, Sweet Lady.
2: I mean, sweet all of lady, it. Lady. It's all good. It's like just kind of like, and, and you're good, too, sweet and you're good, fall. and you're good. It's yeah. just a beautiful art. F- it's just like you figured out the right kind of voice and the right kind of beat. Weren't you
1: really hyped about D'Angelo's album that came out last I year? I love D'Angelo. You got really it. fired up about that. I fucking love D'Angelo. What D'Angelo? do you love about his music? Yeah. I love about, I mean, what's not
2: to love right. about it? I think he's he's kind of like before he got super into meth was like kind of the next prince, which isn't yeah. fair to compare him to anyone because he's his own thing. But just in terms of he can play so many instruments, he's making music that nobody else makes music like that. Right. It's soulful, sexy, Ooh. it's beautiful, it's smart, and no one makes music like that. Right. How often do you hear people where you're like, nobody makes music like that? I know music that sort of is like that, but nothing even close to what he's doing.
1: It's brilliant. That's sexy. what you were it's, saying about like great artists, where it's like once they just arrive out of nowhere, it's like cool. You, well, I just have a lifetime of your brain. You're no, real. You're like amazing. No Prince,
2: David Bowie. These are really people. No one sounds like them at all. They right. set up. They make you think a different way. It's, right. And D'Angelo really was like that. I mean, he had a lot of issues, but um, he's uh, he is absolutely a musical genius. There's no question about it. I don't. I don't think people will really fully appreciate him till he's gone. His right. his music is phenomenal yeah it's nice. a next level genius like the intricacies of what goes on there are beyond what anyone else is doing kind of with RB. and yeah. yeah and you're saying that he's like
0: he can be compared to no one and when we grasp for a comparison and it's prince that's amazing yeah, yeah exactly yeah. You're yeah. To to
2: the <laughs> only reason the only reason i say prince is just because prince is so multi-talented right. that Every d'angelo instrument.
1: is multi-talented right. and like so many people aren't yeah but he is third act of the no joke podcast the topic is romance adam i'm curious yeah do you are you a romantic guy to Maggie? Do you like put flower petals on the bed? Zero times ever. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's never once happened. We've like... established that you don't buy necessarily people gifts on birthdays or holidays. So bad at it. And if Maggie is your one true compatriot, she is. I assume that she gets neglected the most. Only in the most amount. She Tell- gets neglected the most when it comes to physical gestures. That's how of, she knows. He that's loves how she her. knows I love her the most. <laughs> how, I mean, how? How do you do? Buy flowers? Do you do things like that? I've never once bought flowers. Uh, every... I bet you're the type to write a, like a, a note, maybe, or a oh, poem. I wish I. Once again, I think that you're overestimating
0: because I I am a warm and loving person. Right. Um, I like to think that that justifies, or the ways I've, I've sort of reverse justified my lack of any real romantic gestures is because I like to think, like, Jake, I'm living in the moment, being present, loving you, Maggie, in life in the moment, 24-7. Right. Um, however, yeah, I, I've, I've swung and, and missed. Uh, all the gifts I've ever gotten her have been atrocious. She has openly loathed and resented. Any that you've really missed? <laughs> like, what would you say is, like, the biggest swing and a miss? Is that, am I putting you on the spot there? No, no, let me think. Let me think. There should be some good ones. I mean, as you know, I'm a notoriously horrible gift giver. Jake, yes. forgive me in advance. I'll never get you a gift. And I demand Don't. that you never get me a gift. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'll get you gifts to make you oh, uncomfortable. God, yeah.
0: Jesus' <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: such a Contrarian. We've yeah. established
2: that. <laughs> um, what have I got, Maggie?
0: Well, once she asked me for like uh, it was like her anniversary, and she was like, What about like a piece of jewelry? And I guess that in again, in the Notting Hill America that we live in, that means like a nice, shiny diamond, whatever the fuck. Yeah. I went to a weird furniture store and I got a furniture? It was like furniture on like What he, is she gonna hang a lamp from her the, ear? Just Got her a lamp, uh, but no. It was like it was like furniture, but like design, like cool design stuff. Uh, and there was she like she wanted a, jewelry. She though. wanted jewelry, and this is exactly this communicates to my point of I don't know how to do it. Okay. So she wanted jewelry. I went to a desk store and I bought a necklace that was like they were selling there that was like big chunky red balls that really contributed to like her funky art teacher aesthetic. Okay. Um, sure,
1: it wasn't a chandelier. It might have
0: been a chandelier in retrospect. Okay. <laughs> but I gave her the thing, and I mean, she personally loved it, but it was just sort of ra- roundly mocked by her friends and family. It was oh. like how oh, hilarious that ouch. you ask for jewelry and this is what your idiot boyfriend thinks is like romantic jewelry. Damn. is like chunky red balls made for fourth graders. Aww. Do you do rose petals? Bill?
1: No, no. Never. I mean, that's like a, that's like the, the cheesy ridiculous version. I do try try is the operative word um, to do little things like when Marina goes out of town, when she comes back, there'll be like maybe a little thing waiting for her. Just like Sweet. a little gift or a little like letter or something. Just to like those little moments where you can at least let them know like you're loved and I love you. It's really nice. I, I like to, but I will say that It's hard to – it's not natural to me. It's, like, not – like, I'm not just, like, overflowing with romance. Mm -hmm. Like, I am kind of, to a certain extent, like, overflowing with optimism and wanting to support people around me. But that doesn't manifest through romance where it's, like – I don't even know what romance necessarily means now that I try and explain it. But not the flower petals, not the – it's just not natural to me. I mean, romance essentially is, like – Picking someone up from the airport. I mean, that's essentially most romantic thing. Ser- yeah. seriously. Like you start. You want to pair up?
2: Like, come pick me up at LAX. It's like that's fucking romantic. So, so that,
1: lovely when yeah. you sacrifice a little of yourself yeah. for the greater good. That yeah. that goes to Adams. What he said in the second act, where it's just about companionship. Sometimes, yeah. and I mean, like anyone who's played on a team sport. I'll speak for myself. There's something, and we've. This has been a theme. It's so fun to win together, and sometimes oh, it's yeah. important to lose together, mm-hmm. and that's why I find that romance and companionship is is yeah. it has really worked for me. Well, you know, that's t- talking about the future yeah. of romance, uh, which is the new name for your podcast.
2: Is uh, <laughs> uh, I I do fully expect I could be wrong, um, but I do fully expect that I'll I'll at some point you know I, I don't really like this term but settle down mm-hmm. like in terms of like. Uh, I'll find someone and love them and they'll love me and I won't trust them and we'll make it a bunch of years. You know what I mean? Maybe a long time. But I I think that at some point what I'll do is I'll have this wall wall up for a while and then we'll make this show and hopefully it goes a while and I can live a dumb fucking hedonistic life for a bit. (laughs) Then realize that it's empty and then meet someone who really sees me for me. Uh, And then realize, oh, that's much better than what I was going through and I love this person and this is amazing and so much better
1: than whatever the fuck I'm doing. You end up marrying D'Angelo. Yeah,
2: I would. I'll love
1: to. You and, you and I got breakfast, and I, would, I joked that, like, on Twitter and when you perform stand-up, you have such a like, uh, such an opposite of who you are. It's, it's very dismissive, very fatalistic, yeah, and, um, it's, it's, and it's, hilarious because when you get to know you, you're the most sensitive, I find, one of the most sensitive and caring and, like, empathetic guys I've met in this town. So I wanted to write a show for you called The Secret Life of Jake Weissner <laughs> because <laughs> – <laughs> I I can believe that people are going to hear this episode and be like, "No, he hates love. Like love rules. That's so important." What you need to understand is that Jake is aces and he will find love. I'm sure
0: think, of it. Just, I sentimentalist wrapped in that cynic. I
2: think.
3: Well,
0: no I'm question. just protecting myself. Yeah, because I mean, I'm just. I feel like hard I'm. I feel shell. like I'm
2: a bleeding clit. You know what, what? I mean? I feel you like you gotta stop now. That's the name of our other podcast. are there like teenage listeners or something like that? Which, I'm just a dirty motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> here there's a point i'm not just being dirty what i mean is i feel like i'm very i have a lot of pleasure i feel a lot of pleasure but i feel like i'm in pain as well and so i feel like i if i'm not treated well or you don't touch me correctly i'll feel the most pain and want to die but i feel like full of pleasure and i feel like i can get well clits don't get pleasure it's not a perfect analogy but anyway the point is is that i do feel like i i do feel love and i feel like very sort of like I feel like I'm living a surreal existence, and I feel like more people should feel less involved in the day to day bullshit of the industrialization of the world, and just be like, "We're alive! Holy shit! Let's love each other and all have sex and love and kiss and mm-hmm. say amazing. And let's just listen to music and do mushrooms." Because I'm like, you are going to die, and it is doesn't matter, nope. and it you're not going anywhere, and right. it's crazy. So I do feel that at the basic level, but I'm so sensitive. I was born with yeah. such sensitivity, such crazy sensitivity. In the point where I don't like to go to parties because when I go into a room, all I hear is the cacophony of voices of other people's concerns. Like I ah, swear to God, that is okay. like what I fucking hear. So I'm too sensitive <laughs> oh for this world. So I try to push out a lot of love,
1: um, so I don't, so I can control it. You, um, I would say you've had the foulest mouth by a mile um, of the That's 23 me. episodes we've done. He is so, a quote, dirty motherfucker. That's so yes. you've, done, you've done your job. And it's so wonderful to hear as I wrap up this episode that you just want the world to know that you're so sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, He's wait, so but... No, let me finish now. I will not wait. I will not wait. This sensitive boy who just can't be loved. Is spewing out words that <laughs> this might be <laughs> the most wonderfully rated X episode. <laughs> you know, romance. That's why we bring you, Jake. I got to wrap it up. That was the No Joke Podcast. So fun. God bless our friend, Jake Weissman. And God bless the United States of America. I'm Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. Thank you, Jake. That was the No Joke Podcast. That's Jake. That was a headgum podcast.